With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The following is a Post Time with Mike and Mike production. Coming up third, Liz Bird up the inside. Rock Diamond, wow, four of them. Here is Rock Diamond and Mitchell Cushing. They win the gold cup in soccer. It's American history trying to dig in on the outside endeavor. Tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing Post Time with Mike and Mike, with your hosts Mike Carter, and the number one thousand for the third time, Aaron Merriman wins, and Mike Bozich. Down to the finish, turn in a game winning the Betsy Ross over Caviar Alley and Apple Bottom Jeans, one forty nine and two unbelievable. That dial. We freshen things up on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter joining you live from the USTA studios in Columbus. And what a week it has been! A whirlwind week off our Post Time with Mike and Mike awards. We're actually going to have some of our nominees on the program today. We're going to kick things off with Ashley Holiday. And Ashley was the runner up for the 2019 Horsewoman of the Year. She'll talk about her outriding and ownership career. I first met Ashley at a Buffalo Raceway a long, long time ago, and, uh, you know, we've been, uh, you know, pretty good acquaintances ever since, and Ashley does a fantastic job outriding at both Miami Valley and Dayton. We'll talk about the intricacies of outriding and uh, what that all entails. Uh, The outriders do a lot to keep our sport 
um, safe each and every day on the racetrack. So we'll talk with Ashley about that. We're going to talk with trainer Brittany Bounds, uh, who joins for the first time. She's fresh off a pair of seasonal earnings that eclipsed one hundred thousand dollars she was nominated for small stable of the year and just shy of 100 training wins uh she's making her statement known in the mid-atlantic through delaware and maryland so it'll be cool to talk with Brittany about that and we'll also talk to mike wobkenberg mike wobkenberg is the starter at um let's see where does he start a lot of places the jug dayton Miami Valley. He also starts at a bunch of the Ohio fairs. He does a lot of great marketing efforts uh, through his starting car rides with the people who are on track. So we'll be talking with Mike here in just a little bit. Lots to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Um, we're Again, we're fresh off of our Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards. If you did not check out that award show, you should check it out. Listen to last week's show. It's available on the archive and via our sponsor, Bet America. We're going to take a quick time out. Ashley Holiday is in the on-deck circle. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. We'll be right back. Harness Racing is back at Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment with a post time of 7.15. Join in on our popular guaranteed pools. The Pick 5 starts in Race 1 with a $25,000 guaranteed pool. And in race eight, the guaranteed $50,000 pick four begins. Kindergarten finals are on Saturday, November 2nd. TVG finals and final four are on Saturday, November 23rd. Visit PlayMetalands.com for racing and event information. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspire, is your home for daily thoroughbred horse racing conversation. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspire, is your home for daily thoroughbred horse racing conversation. Join host Jason Beam as he discusses racing from around the country, interviews jockeys, trainers, media personalities, and horse players every Monday through Friday. The show can be found at Twinspires.com or on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspire. has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check out the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. This edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter joining you here this morning. Mike Bozich is on assignment and is off this Friday morning. We're joined now by the outrider at Miami Valley Gaming and Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway, Ashley Holiday. Ashley, what's going on? Hey, Michael. Very excited to call in. Uh, talk to you guys this morning. Um, today is a uh, Friday, so that's our our Monday here at. Uh, Miami Valley, so Friday kicks off uh, five days of racing in a row for us. 
Now, Ashley, you were the runner-up for the 2019 Horsewoman of the Year. But for those who may not know who you are, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got started in the business. Okay. Uh, my mom and dad, uh, for those that don't know, my dad is harness driver um, Ken Holiday, and my mom is trainer Sherry Holiday. So I grew up in a harness racing family. We've been all over. Uh, naturally, we're from Ohio, um, back in this area now, so it's, it's good to be home. But growing up, we traveled all over, and a lot of people with the horse racing business, you know, similar kind of situation where the money's good, that's, that's where you go. So I spent a lot of my childhood, um, you know, moving. We were in Ohio, to Indiana, to Illinois, all over the place. Ended up in New York for a while, back in Ohio. I uh, love horse racing. It's in my blood for sure. So when the opportunity to be an outrider started uh, becoming available to me, it was certainly something that just fit me like a glove. So I get to stay in the industry that I love, uh, which is horse racing, of course, but I also get to do my hobby every day, which is riding horses. So it was just a, a win-win for me. Um, I've been doing it for about 12 years now. Um, I absolutely love it. And no looking back. Now, we both had the chance to uh, weather the storms uh, in Buffalo. And when I say storms, I mean the snowstorms out in Buffalo. Uh, what made you uh, want to move back? I'm assuming it was the snow, correct? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, my, <laughs> my last winter, my last winter in New York, we actually had like the record snowstorm. Um, the town we live in actually got 89 inches of snow. So Holy we could smoke. barely even see the tops of our trucks. It was it wow. was bad. We were stranded for like four days, no power. Um, the heat from our uh, wood burning stove was like the only thing that kept us alive. And after that, I said, you know what? I'm done. I packed my bags and I moved to Florida for about a year and a half. <laughs> and then from Florida, I came back to Ohio. And since I've been in Ohio, we've only had like two. Um, sad snowstorms, and it's. I've been here for about six years now, so I, I lucked out. The snow was was a huge factor. Like, like Ashley, my last winter in Buffalo was also that year we got the seven or eight feet, whatever it was, in Hamburg. And yeah, I, I I remember us in our apartment complex. Um, we we got up after we got the first like four four and a half feet. We dug out all the cars that we could because our lovely apartment complex had packed the snow against all the cars, and we oh had got it God. done just in time for it to start snowing again. So <laughs> it was yeah, uh, it, it was definitely a whirlwind. Yes, that that's for sure. I would always tell people like you can, you know, go outside at noon, you know, and go back out three hours later and you've got two and a half feet of snow. I mean, it's it's enough. It, you've never seen it unless you've wintered in Buffalo. You've never seen anything like it. <laughs> <laughs> now, Ashley, let's uh, let's dive into your outriding career a little bit. You said you've been doing this for 12 years. Uh, this is obviously not a job for the faint at heart. Um, you see a lot of things on the racetrack day in and day out. Um, and it's a job that. Uh, you know, doesn't have the same things happen on a regular basis. I mean, you know, there could be incidents that happen on the racetrack from time to time. Your day is never really the same. Talk a little bit about that. Oh, absolutely. I, I started out riding back um, in 2008, actually. I was hoping to get the job at Running Aces when they opened up in 2009. That was my, that was my goal. Um, I was 18, actually, at the time. Um, so wow. I, I started out riding in 2008 at, at Northfield actually with their outrider 
Nadine Habke, uh, she kind of took me under her wing. So I started riding with her some, went out to running aces, and that's really where I kind of, as you would say, like cut my teeth. Um, I was there for three years, and I went to New York. I, you know, dabbled into thoroughbred out riding, uh, and now I'm here. But as far as you're saying, like, everything, you know, could be different. You never know. Every day there's something different with my job. I mean, it's not just catching the loose horses. Um, That's probably the most, you know, for sure the most difficult uh, part of the job is catching the loose horses. But there's just so much other stuff, like if equipment breaks, you know, if someone's got a Murphy blind or, you know, a line needs fixed or something with their bridle or earplugs or head numbers or head poles. I mean, it could be anything, you know, it's, it's, I've got to be the one to fix it because I'm out there on the track with them. We want things to be as safe and as quickly as possible. So if I had to send them back in the paddock to get all that kind of stuff done, I mean, we're out, we'd be out there an extra five or six minutes, which is just not good, you know, for the other horses, for the drivers. So, you know, to keep things as safe as we possibly can, you know, I try to do as much as that of that stuff that I can um, on the racetrack just to kind of speed things up a little bit. But, it could be something as far as like we've got a couple of horses now that literally will not post parade. Like they won't go around the racetrack by themselves, you know, even to warm up. So it's like, I got to grab them from the paddock to warm up, get them going the right way, pull them up after they warm up, get them off oh, the man. track. And then same thing, you know, when they go out to post parade for the race and heaven forbid, I've got two bad actors <laughs> in the same race. I'm just <laughs> all over the racetrack, you know, um, a couple nights ago, we had one in the last race, um, refused the gate and pull up and wheel. So I had to, you know, go grab him because he was headed towards the infield. I got horses on the other side of the track that are actually behind the starting gate, you know, and its wigs are open. You know, the starter and I, we, we have our hands full a lot out there. So I tell anybody that's like, what's it like to be an outrider? And, and I never really can give them you know, a, a quick, easy answer because there's just so many parts of it. You know, you're, you're a full-time horse trainer. I've, I've got a stable of six horses right now. So it's, you know, it's just like having a small stable, you know, the feed and hay and day-to-day management and vet bills and, you know, blacksmith appointments. And it's all that plus it's being, you know, a, a babysitter slash security <laughs> personnel I mean it's it's all things you know wrapped up into one but I I certainly don't think I'd change it for the world how important is it um you know for you to kind of look over the program and know who the bad actors are obviously um from an announcer standpoint I I know pretty much who drives who week in and week out you know all that stuff but for an outrider you have to know more than just who drives who you have to know who the bad actors are you have to know, you know, sometimes maybe equipment, uh, you know, horses with new equipment. How much prep work do you kind of put into that each and every day? It's a lot of it. <laughs> um, as I've gotten older, um, my memory, I think, and just, you know, the things I retain are getting much better. So I'm not spending, you know, a couple years ago, I would spend probably a good 35 to 40 minutes uh, before I'd head to the track, you know, kind of looking over the program getting a feel for things. Um, And, you know, the number one thing I always tell people to look at is if you know you've got horses that are bad actors and, like, say they switch barns, I always make a point, you know, if a horse gets claimed or something, I always try to make a point to tell the new connections, like, hey, you know, this horse does this, this, and this. Um, You know, just so that way they're kind of prepared. So when we go into next week, nobody's, like, shocked. You know, oh, I didn't know the horse wheeled or I didn't know he did that. And it's it just makes things safer too. If you can tell a new driver, like, Hey, I know you don't know this horse, but this is what he does. 
you know, this is how we've been handling it. You know, hopefully we can continue that um, and get that horse to race as good as he possibly can and, and to keep everybody safe. So I, I do kind of think I annoy the drivers a little bit, you know, because I'm always coming up to him and I'm like, oh, have you driven this horse before? Do you know he does this, this, and this? Or, you know, <laughs> how about we try this tonight? Or how about we try that tonight? And sometimes I can tell they're like, oh, my gosh, really? But some of the guys, they know that, you know, I know these horses. So they'll come to me and be like, hey, did you do that with him last week? You know, can we try that again? You know, or I, I want to bring him in late to the gate. You know, do you think that'll work? So it's it's definitely a lot of prep. And he- heaven forbid there ever is an accident. It's nice to know what horse is loose. You know, if I've got one that's loose that I'm like, okay, I pony him every week. He's not going to be afraid of me if I drop in on him and try to, you know, grab him while he's loose as where one that's like a two or three year old that's probably never been ponied before you know your game plan has to change you have to know like okay he's probably never been on an outriding horse before so I got to come in here a little more stealthy (laughs) to try to get him caught so it's it's definitely the program knowing the horses that are in the race um drivers you know that's all crucial definitely uh the more prep work you can do as far as like knowing who's in the race, drivers, horses, definitely going to save you a lot of time and effort um, on the racetrack when the race is going off. Ashley, last question before we let you go. Obviously, incidents can happen on the racetrack at any moment of the race. How do you keep yourself from panicking in a certain situation? Obviously, you might have a horse go down, you know, at the half mile pole, and then another incident may happen at the three quarter pole. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what that's like and, you know, how you keep yourself calm in those types of situations. It's definitely an an acquired skill, um, keeping calm. I I can remember to this day, my very first accident, it was my second day. It was a Saturday night at Running Aces. It was their second day ever opened, my second day ever out riding solo. I was on a green horse. It was his first night ever out riding uh, by himself also. And I had three loose horses. And I just remember sitting there and just feeling my heart just sink, you know, to my stomach. And it was just like an out-of-body experience. Like, I don't even remember going out onto the racetrack and, like, try it, it all just like it was happening in, in slow motion. And it did all work out. But that taught me really to just kind of sit back, assess the situation. You know, if you run headfirst into something, you know, at the drop of a hat, you could get yourself in a little bit of trouble. So whenever something happens, I mean, it it might seem like, you know, I go automatically and I take off and I I get it done, but I'm sitting back and I'm taking that three to five seconds to just really start, you know, in my head thinking like, okay, I've got these horses at the half. I've got this horse down here. I've got a starting gate over here. I got to get from A to B without spooking any of the horses in the race. I got to get the quickest uh, route, you know, to get to the horse. And it also, that, you know, part of that and not panicking definitely goes back to, you know, the last question with the prep work. Like if I know what horse is loose, that's going to help me kind of determine how I'm going to approach things. Um, but, you know, as we said earlier, nothing ever happens the same. You know, I can tell, you know, young up and coming green outriders like, okay, you know, if you have a situation, you know, at, at this spot on the track, try to get yourself set up. But truth be told, every accident is different. I don't think I've ever had, you know, two loose horses that acted and behaved the same. Um, So it definitely, you just got to sit down, think about the situation, know your racetrack, know your routes you can take, know what your, you know, if you can use your infield, 
it's key to know what your infield's like. You know, are there spots on the infield that you can, you know, cut straight across? Um, are there holes? Are there, you know, any sort of elements in your way? So, so definitely as much prep work as you can do will definitely ease those uh, couple seconds of terror that you're going to feel when something like that happens. So do your prep work, know your racetrack, know the horse you're riding, and definitely uh, try to always know the horses in a race as much as you can and, and take that time to just kind of sit down, breathe a minute, and just assess, assess uh, the situation as it comes. All right. Well, Ashley, thanks so much for taking time out to uh, join us this morning and uh, continue to do great things. All right, Michael. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. All right. Ashley Holiday, the outrider at Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway in Miami Valley Gaming. We're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, Mike Wolkenberg joins the program. He's got post time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. We'll be right back. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Shane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training service in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877 800 87 82 extension 5555. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter joining you live from the Post Time with Mike and Mike Studios in Columbus. Lots of great things coming up here on Post Time with Mike and Mike. We're talking to Mike Wolpkinberg here in just a minute about his marketing attempts in Southern Ohio his starting car rides. He was also nominated for Innovator of the Year this season. We'll also be talking with Brittany Bounds here shortly. But let's bring in Mike now. Mike, what's going on, my friend? Well, we're going to have a big card racing at Miami Valley tonight, and we'll go through the mud, and we'll have a nice racing program this evening. 
that's what we just talked to Ash a little a little bit about. She said that Friday was uh, Friday was your Monday, so uh, good start to the week, huh? Ah, uh, yes, it just it's another week. <laughs> Mike, let's talk a little bit about the uh, marketing things that you do with your starting car rides. Obviously, for those who don't follow Mike um, on social media, you really really should. And if you have a chance to visit him at a racetrack, you should do that as well. Talk a little bit about how these starting car rides uh, kind of got kicked off for you. Uh, you've been doing it now for a couple of years, and uh, you know how you get new fans involved. Well, uh, riding the starting gate is probably the most exciting aspect that the public and even the horsemen don't know and understand. Uh, I give more rides in the starting gate than anybody in the country. I do it because it's good for the industry. When the people get out of the starting gate, they're always very, very happy. Uh, I spend as much time as I can to educate them about the business. When I explain to people that uh, horse racing puts $1.4 billion into the high economy, that we employ more people than Procter & Gamble and Toyota, they just look at you and say, really? I didn't know that. the, the excitement of seeing the horses fly through the air 25 foot out the window, you can't get that in NASCAR. Uh, but the, the aspect of adding the Facebook to it, I, I take everybody's photo. I put it on Facebook. I believe that uh, every person's got at least 200 friends on Facebook. They're excited. They're going to share that with their friends. Last summer, we gave out 450 t-shirts that say Weftenberg starting gates. We start the excitement. So, I expose my industry, in essence, to 90,000 people. I'm not foolish enough to believe that all 90,000 are going to come to the races, but I do have people who come to ride in the gate that say, my dad rode in this two weeks ago. We had to come to the races because he said how much fun this was. This is really great. You know, we need those people to come to the races. Mike, let's talk a little bit about that because not only do you give them starting car rides, you educate them. Uh, and I've been in the starting car with you numerous times uh, over the past couple of years. And, you know, we don't just talk about the starting car ride per se. We talk about racing in general. Talk about the teaching opportunity that that allows you to give them. Well, it allows me to educate these people about what a wonderful sport we have. We, we've got the greatest sport in the country. And you know, there's no other sport that you can be involved at 16 driving. And, and uh, I'd start at Dr. Schoonover at 93 and men and women on equal footing and uh, all the things about horse racing that you can be involved in so many different aspects. Uh, we've got a great sport. We just don't know how to tell people. Uh, so I, my belief is I try to educate them because I believe that at every county fair and every race meet, we need somebody like John Madden who does two, three, four minutes in between the races and explains things to people. If people understand what we're doing, they're more likely to come back and enjoy it. I, I have all kinds of people ask me, well, why is that driver holding that horse? He's leaning back. He, he, he's not trying to win. And then you have to explain fulcrum points of the, of the race bike and, and all the different things that go with it. Uh, we, we've got – a wonderful sport. We just got to educate people. Now, Mike, I got a chance to see um, a little bit about what you do, not only from a marketing standpoint, but from a standpoint of keeping horses safe at one of the fairs I did a couple of years ago. And, you know, obviously you have more of a, you have a job out there as well, uh, keeping the horses safe. You know, if a horseman needs help for whatever reason, 
Um, you have to be able to handle all those different crises. What do you do to kind of keep your calm in those types of situations? Obviously, anything can happen at any time. Uh, but how do you, you know, handle those situations on a day-to-day basis? Uh, I have to say agent experience. We start 4,000 races a year. And uh, by being a third-generation horseman, I know and understand horses. Uh, I, I, I guess I'm an amateur psychologist to try to understand my drivers as well. And uh, you just do what you have to do. Uh, some, please understand, some of the things that I have to do is as heartbreaking to me as it is anybody else. But I have to extract myself from that situation, and I have to be – the policeman at the uh, accident scene or whatever, and I have to take care of things. Uh, yeah, some of the issues that we involved in do bother me afterwards, but during the time period that I'm doing it, it, it's my job. It has to be done, and I have to stay calm so everyone else is calm. All right, Mike, lots of great stuff. Uh, and listen, continue to do the marketing stuff you do. It's a lot of fun. And I can't wait to uh, get back out to either Miami Valley or Dayton. We'll have to do uh, dinner real soon. Well, I appreciate that. And I've got a few new little things that we're going to try this summer to help market some more. And uh, we just need to keep marketing my industry. All right. Thanks so much, Mike. Not a problem, sir. All right, Mike Wobkenberg, the starter at Miami Valley and Hollywood Dayton at Ga- ugh, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway and lots of the fairs throughout the state of Ohio. Big time marketer. Again, if you don't follow Mike on his Facebook page, you really should check out Mike Wolkenberg, who was a nominee for Innovator of the Year this season. Coming up next is up and coming trainer Brittany Bounds. She trains in the Mid-Atlantic. She is from Delaware and Maryland. We'll talk with her. On the backside of this commercial, you've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. We'll be right back. Jimmy Freight is new to Ontario in 2020. Jimmy Freight is the richest and fastest son of a sports rider and was the O'Brien three-year-old called Pacer of the Year and won multiple stakes at ages two, three, and four. And Jimmy Freight turns on the Jimmy Jet by a length and a half in 148-1. Jimmy Freight at 10-1 to to win the Dayton. Derby. He stands his first season in 2020. For booking information on Jimmy Freight, please visit winbackfarm.com. Limited shares available. Go to winbackfarm.com. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Shane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training service in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. From the edge of your seat start to the white knuckle finishes, horse racing is truly a ride unlike any other. 
one that the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association intends to preserve in the Keystone State for years and years to come. From our breeders to track operators to you, the fan, PHRA is here to bring everyone together for the benefit of the sport we love and the majestic athletes we adore. Learn more about the PHRA's mission at PennHorseRacing.com. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter joining you this morning. Mike Bozich on assignment has the week off this week. Brittany Bounds is set to join us here in just a little bit. Lots of great things going on in the sport of harness racing. How about Southwind Amazon coming harness racing's newest millionaire? doing it the hard way uh, through the open ranks each and every week, uh, racing at the Meadows and at MGM Northfield Park. Congratulations, go out to the Holzman gang. Uh, we got lots of great uh, things coming up. We've got the Great, excuse me, the Great Lakes Amateur Driving Challenge that begins on Saturday at MGM Northfield Park, uh, featuring some of the great amateur drivers in the Great Lakes region between Michigan, Indiana, and Ohio. Uh, we look forward to that starting coming up on Saturday. Again, that takes place at MGM Northfield Park. And taking a look at the program for uh, Saturday, they have the first two races and then race number five uh, for the Great Lakes Amateur Driving Series. Uh, you've got Lauren Harmon, Ryan Barrett, uh, Emmanuel Miller, Tim Miller, Alicia Binkley, Jasmine Arnold, and Steve Oldford, who will take their turns Going at it, also taking their turns will be Mark Rockovich, Larry Ferrari, uh, Alan Miller. So lots of great young up-and-coming names taking place in the Great Lakes Amateur Driving Series that kicks off on a Saturday night at MGM Northfield Park. Also coming up this weekend on Sunday is the 2020 Pre-Bamarique uh, featuring Breeders' Crown champion Bold Eagle who will wear number 18 on the outside, obviously a standing start over in Vincennes. Heather Vitale has been doing a great job covering the races over there for Harness Link. Uh, so check her out on her social media feeds. As she is in Paris, you could watch and wager on the 2020 Pre-Damerique uh, via any of the ADW platforms, TVG. Check your video feed out. Uh, on Latrot's website at latrot.com. Again, a fantastic field heading for the 2020 pre Damerique, uh, which also includes a couple of familiar names, including 
Uh, Milligan School, who draws post number 10 for Stefan Melander. Uh, Usa Jocelyn, the elite lap winner, draws post excuse me, number 12. Uh, Belina Jocelyn in post 16. Propulsion in the 17th spot. Ringo Star Treb, who came over for the Yonkers International Trot, post number 14. Then we have, uh, let's see, looking superb, Vivid Wise, AS, uh, lots of great, great names coming up on Sunday in France. But let's talk a little bit more about the U.S. racing action in the Mid-Atlantic. Let's talk with Brittany Bounds. Brittany, what's going on? Hi, how are you? Not doing too bad. Well, Brittany, let's talk a little bit about your uh, racing career to start it off. Uh, obviously, you are a trainer in the Mid-Atlantic. And, you know, for those who may not know who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the sport. Um, well, I actually uh, had riding horses growing up pretty much since I was seven. I never really knew anything about standard bred race horses at all until I was older. I think I started in late 2015 um my husband's parents actually have a couple race horses and i ended up boarding at their farm with my riding horse and i kind of got interested in it at that time um and we ended up buying one just to learn we had no idea about them at all until about 2015 um we got one for like $600 at the chicks auction and that's how we started. Um, yeah. So I basically just rode up until then. And then once we started doing that, it was pretty much over from there. <laughs> now talk a little bit about what it's like to race in mid Atlantic, obviously uh, racing in Delaware and Maryland. It's got a cool little circuit and uh, Rosecroft Raceway, um, in its heyday, was one of the bigger tracks. Uh, it's still considered to be one of the most competitive racing strips in North America. Tell us a little bit about what it's like to race in those areas. Yeah, well, uh, we have plenty of places. I mean, Rosecroft's a really nice track. Our horses really like it. It's just a nice, forgiving track. Um, we race there. We also race at Ocean Downs, which is a half mile that's only about 45 minutes from us. Um, right now we have a couple at Dover and that's, I mean, that's pretty competitive there, but, uh, we like to switch it up. We have a couple at Dover. We have mostly at Rosecroft. We're just coming off a month break. So we're just getting back into the swing of things there. Um, we have one actually in on Sunday there. So I'll be happy to be back. <laughs> it's been a while. Tell us about a couple of the horses in your barn. Uh, obviously, uh, you've got a, deep, a very good stable of horses. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, some of them and where we can check them out at. Okay. Um, we have six right now. Um, we have one older one. He's 11 now, and he's racing this Sunday at Rosecroft. His name is Arts Delight. Um, we have one mare. She is a, she, She's five. No, she's six years old now. I have to give their ages right now that it's January. She's six. She's racing at uh, Dover Downs, and her name is I'm Done Talking. We have a couple uh, three-year-old fillies now that we actually um, bred, so we've had them from the start. Uh, that was our first experience having uh, broodmares and foaling out. We have two of them. One is written in red, and she's racing at Rosecroft. 
And then the other one is Ashton's Artillery, and she just qualified at Dover uh, Wednesday, so she'll, she'll actually be in this week on Tuesday at Dover. Um, and we have a uh, horse named Major Blue Coat. Um, he's just an older gelding. And I'm trying to think of the last one. Okay, we have a late night delight. So she's a five year old filly, and she's raced a couple times at Dover, but now we're going to take her back to Rosecroft because she's a little bit more competitive there. Um, and All right, right now we have two brood mares in foals. Wow. Sounds like a pretty busy operation. <laughs> yeah. I keep myself busy. Now, obviously, uh, you like to do the training. You like to do some of the riding. Uh, you dabble with the breeding a little bit of it. Have you ever thought of driving in any of the races? Well, I've thought about it, and I'm I'm not so sure. I'm a little nervous about that. I do drive at the Pocomoke Fair um, every year. I'll take, like, one down there to drive, and it's really fun. I really love it. But I'm not so sure I'll make it as a uh, driver. I do have a goal of uh, racing under saddle. I just haven't done it yet, but it is one of my goals. It's on my bucket list. (laughs) Uh, One last question before we let you go, Brittany. Obviously, every trainer has that race they want to win. And, you know, uh, for, for obviously for Rosecroft, it's great that they have the Potomac pace back this year. But, you know, what is one race that's kind of on your bucket list that you'd like to compete in or win? Well, um, I actually have a filly that is in the Maryland program, um, okay. the Sire Stakes in the Race Fund, and I would really love for her to win one of those. I had her mother, and she was one of my first racehorses, and uh, I really loved her. And She's my three-year-old filly now uh, out of her, and I'm really hoping that she can – win one of those big races um that's kind of um you know one of my big big goals to get her ready for one of those and have either a really good race out of her or to win one of them that's that's what i would really love to do awesome well listen Brittany, thanks so much for uh, joining us here this morning and congratulations on your nomination for small stable of the year thank you very much All right, that was Mid-Atlantic trainer Brittany Bounds and uh, lots of great things coming up through Delaware, Ocean, Downs, and Rosecroft Raceway. We'll take one final time out. We'll wrap this thing up. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. We'll be right back. Post Time, gates moving. They're off and it is on. Every year, the Harness Horse Youth Foundation travels the country to share the love of harness racing with the next generation. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation educates, introducing youth to new friends and opportunities. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Learn how you can support bringing kids and horses together, building a stronger future for the sport. Visit hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspire, is your home for daily thoroughbred horse racing conversation. Join host Jason Beam as he discusses racing from around the country, interviews jockeys, trainers, media personalities, and horse players every Monday through Friday. The show can be found at twinspires.com or on iTunes, Spreaker, 
Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. The Jason Jimmy Freight is new to Ontario in 2020. Jimmy Freight is the richest and fastest son of sports writer and was the O'Brien three-year-old called Pacer of the Year and won multiple stakes at ages two, three, and four. And Jimmy Freight turns on the Jimmy Jet by a length and a half in 148 and one. Jimmy Freight at 10 to one to win the Dayton Pacing Derby. He stands his first season in 2020. For booking information on Jimmy Freight, please visit winbackfarm.com. Limited shares available. Go to winbackfarm.com. Back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the USTA and Bet America. Thanks so much to our guests for joining us here this morning. See everybody back here next week at 10.30. Good night, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.